Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we discuss business, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tonya Keating, live from the Seattle area at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, December 4th. Listeners, dial 646-378-0261 to chime in live. Press 1 on your keypad when you're ready to speak to us. Now, if you'd rather send us a comment or question via the chat, just open it up and go. And as we said before on several shows, it may be a little bit wonky. So unless you have a uh, Blog Talk Radio account, just give it a shot and you know manage your expectations there. This is our third show in the Dreamweaver series about entrepreneurs who've taken the bold step of starting their own business. David Mitchell is today's guest, and after years as management in the corporate world, he blazed his own trail to start a coaching and consulting business. He's written a book, and he speaks at uh, seminars and business events on the building blocks of business. So we're going to go out there and find him and welcome him. David, are you out there? I am out there. Well, you better be in here now. Welcome. <laughs> well, my, my wife often says that I'm a little out there anyway, so, you know, I, I thought it was fitting. Well, that's why you're on the show. We don't want people that are inside the box. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just a little bit more fun when people are, you know, able to move around a little bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the broad sketch and the um, some highlights about your career to date. Okay. Well, you know, um, really it kind of starts, um, really early on, I've always had an entrepreneurial mind. I'll tell you about my first business, which really wasn't a business. Um, I was eight years old and decided I was going to sell bugs to the neighborhood kids. Um, <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. it's only because half the fun, half the fun of that is uh, actually catching the bugs yourself. But I was, I was going to make it. Um, but uh, yeah, I started um, just. Mowing lawns and babysitting, and and I was always always busy with with some new venture. Um, even from about 11 years old, um, I spent most of my summer in a in a tank top, shorts, and pushing a lawnmower. Um, but uh, yeah, I went to high school, did the high school thing. Um, I spent two years in Mexico, and I, all through my my high school, my junior high years. Um, people were always putting me in leadership positions, and I never really understood why. I didn't put much stock into it, but I really understood it when I went to Mexico and I was working with with a, a group of other young men and came to discover that I was really great at being a teacher and a mentor and helping people get more out of themselves than what they thought they could. Because um, I was I was the leader of, of my small group when I was in Mexico. So I came back and... Um, was going to do a dual engineering and um, and management degree. Got a little idealistic and jumped into healthcare instead. That was a bit of a jump, and then spent ten years in healthcare. Uh, from hmm. there, uh, in two thousand eight, I started doing some small consulting gigs um, here and there. Did while I was doing some 
some interim projects for other business for larger corporations and um, went full time with my business in 2012. Um, and I've devoted full time to coaching and consulting since. So that's just kind of me. Okay, that's just kind of you. So how long have you wanted to do something like PMR, and what led you to finally burn your ships and give it a go? I mean, <clears throat> what event or series of events led you to finally say, I'm going to do this? Well, I, I got my first case at consulting with, right after um, right after I left school. I, I did an administrative fellowship, and for those that aren't familiar with those, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the doctor goes and does a a residency after he graduates from medical school to get practical experience before he can be licensed, right? So as a medical administrator, I went and did a postgraduate administrative fellowship uh, directly after uh, completing my MBA. And my job there was basically to get some practical experience, and I was the project guy. I was the guy that they handed stuff to um, to go in and, and do the problem solving and come up with solutions and, and offer solutions to the management. Um, but towards the end of that, uh, the the hospital that I was working with had contracted with uh, a consulting group um, that was going in and looking at efficiencies and trying to find the the inefficiencies and, and offer solutions. Now this this organization is, is called Oxnard Clinic Foundation in New Orleans. Um, when I was there, they had plans to have 500 employed physicians uh, by the end of that year. Um, which is a very large organization. They owned one one of the largest hospitals in New Orleans. They owned um, several outpatient clinics and, and smaller hospitals throughout the region, and it is a huge organization. So to have – I was chosen to work with these consultants as the liaison. I was the organizational mm-hmm. liaison with these consultants, and, and I just ate it for breakfast. I loved it, um, really enjoyed it, and um, – once I kind of completed my thing with Oxner, uh, I moved on, and and I just wanted to to consult and coach ever since. And I think it goes down to um, what my core is as an individual. I'm a teacher and a mentor. Um, I love working with people and seeing those aha moments, um, seeing that transformational change when people make that shift and and become more than what they were ten minutes before. Um, and that's that's just where I get my my joy. And entrepreneurship is always a hobby. I I can't put it down. Between podcasts and books and uh, blog talk radio, um, I don't hardly listen to the radio much at all anymore. Um, <laughs> just because I'm constantly filling myself with with business and entrepreneurship and, and that fascinating world. So the two just mix. Awesome. And you know, and it, it you you do bring up a really great point then. There are a lot of people that are out there that are in consulting or leadership or whatever you want to call it, and I'm in that too. And then there's always that whole um, thing that people try to get a, a handle on, you know, well, what's a consultant versus what's a, what's a coach versus what's a, whatever. And there are some out there that think, well, I'm the leader, I'm going to stand front and center, and everyone's going to follow me. And then, you know, there are people like us that feel that the, the real sense of accomplishment that we get is when we see the light bulb go off in the other person's eyes and they can take the baton, go forward in a business, and they are the leader and you're creating more leaders. And that's really, you know, the satisfaction piece there. So um, tell us a little bit about PMR and what should we know about your business? Well, um, PMR, because my background uh, previously was um, with healthcare, started out, 
consulting with healthcare organizations. So physician practice, um, long-term care facilities, that sort of thing. Uh, but I can remember the exact moment and the, the exact location. I was driving down the road, and I was headed to um, drop off some marketing and, and, and get some more, mar- some more consulting gigs with more um, healthcare professionals. And, you know, everybody has whatever they want to call it. I, I call it the Holy Ghost. Some people call it uh, the universe, some people call it your gut, whatever it is that you call it, that intuition that we carry uh, within us, I had the very distinct impression that I needed to turn around and drive back to um, a set of businesses just right there on the road and just cold call on them. And it was a very strong and distinct feeling. And so I, you know, pulled over to the side, kind of scratched my head about it, and, uh, well, well, we'll try it out, right? I didn't have an exact plan. So I turned back around, and the second door I walked into was a gentleman who was struggling in his marketing. Um, he was older. He was still doing a lot of, uh, you know, he, he started his business in the days when you put a, an ad in the yellow pages and you ran a few ads in the newspaper, and that was all the marketing you really had to do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the business would grow from there. But he was working in a new environment. He had some competitors that were much more savvy with the marketing, and and. He just needed somebody to walk along beside him, and that was that was the start of really what PMR has become um, for the entrepreneur and the small business owner. Um, that realization that we all need, and, and I have my own coach, I have my own consultants that I refer to um, that I put a call into. In fact, I've got one after we're done here. I'm talking to my coach. Um, we need somebody to come along beside us, put their arm around us, and point out the obstacles and the stepping stones and the tripping points and, and all the things that we can't see because we get so busy doing, sometimes we don't take into consideration what the path ahead looks like, and we need somebody to help clear the fog. And so that's, that's what I do, uh, whether it's as a consultant to come in and, and um, really dig in deep, roll up my sleeves and, and, and do the project, or as a coach, to walk along beside them and for the long term hold them accountable and, and show them the, the direction, how to get to where they want to go. So that's, that's okay. what PMR is about. All right. So <clears throat> give us an example of your process. Like, I mean, so what sort of work have you done with a specific client? You know, no need to name names. Just give us more of a, a case study type thing. You know, identify somebody, uh, a client or a business that you've worked with, and then to kind of tell us what their issue was or issues, you can be plural, and how okay. you handled that situation and, and what the end result of that engagement was. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite clients, and I've worked with him for over three years as a coach. And uh, he first came to me because he was newly married and his wife was expecting their first child. And they had made a family decision that she was going to come home and be a stay-at-home mom. And so he needed to double his revenue to replace her job, basically. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he didn't even know how to start that. He was um, what just him in a truck and, and out uh, providing service to the community, and he didn't know how to, number one, how to sell himself a little bit better, how to market himself, but also how to leverage his time. Because he could bring in lots of great business and have lots more money coming through, but then he's absent from that new baby's life, and he's not part of that family anymore. 
And so I worked with them, and in that first year, we were able to replace her income. We were able to uh, get him to the point where he could hire somebody so he could delegate some of the menial tasks so he could continue to be the business owner. Um, and today, he's running two teams. He's um, making investments into the business and, and doing a great job. He's got his second kid. So it was, it was not just the, you know, the, the need that he had was to increase his revenue. But he didn't realize that by increasing his revenue, he had more problems that were going to come down the road, such as how does he now spend the time that he needs to with his family? Um, I mean, that's, that's just one among many. Um, as far as consulting goes, um, I had a client who had a new product. Um, and he needed to, to get it out to the to the masses. And so we put, I sat down, um, rather than coaching him on how to put together a marketing plan, he really didn't have the time, um, he hired me to, to put together the marketing plan and then to run the marketing plan for him for the first year. Um, and we were successful in doing that and increasing the revenues and, and getting that, that product out to market. So... You know, everything from walking alongside and helping somebody else accomplish and learn what they need to do to make it successful, um, down to just delegating the tasks themselves um, until they can hire somebody full-time as opposed to a, a subcontractor. And that's what I do. <clears throat> you, and, you, you know, you bring up a really good point, uh, again, regarding the types of consultants that are out there. There are When you run into certain uh, seminars or groups or, or networking events or whatever, someone always asks, what type of consulting that you do. <clears throat> and the underlying premise of that question is that there are certain, you know, industries or verticals or whatever. And, you know, it's they there's a saying out there, you know, jack of all trades, masters of none. But really, um, I think that when you reach the peak of your performance is when you can look at a business um, or an organization or whatever your, your client is, whatever their um, structure is, and you can understand so many different facets of their business that you do become an asset and you can plug in where they need you. I, I don't really think it's detrimental at all. And I think that what you just described was someone who was able to uh, take one client and help them with their marketing piece and take another uh, client and help them with their forecasting, with their streamlining of their process, and also with their efficiency. I mean, that that's just very important to be able to, to do those things. So what are some of your biggest lessons learned not just about the business, but the human dynamics on your path to success with PMR. You know, I I I try to steer away from never, but I, in my experience, have rarely come across a person that has truly evil intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think everybody at their core wants to do their very best. They want to mm-hmm. be what they can be, and and I think, um, you know, we all have our our blinders, our prejudices, our biases, uh, and sometimes just are not knowing uh, of where to find resources. And and those are the those are the things that that hang us up. Um, even down to some of the, and I, I'm not a psychologist by any means, uh, but you know when you when you get into a rut. And you're you're trying to to dig yourself out of it. You, you can't dig yourself out of a rut. It, you cannot do it alone. There are people that can do it that have done it, and and they're one in, in ten million. 
but generally we need a hand up from somebody. And um, we all want that hand up. The trouble is that sometimes we don't know where to find it. And, um, and I need it. You need it. We all need community to be able to grow together. And that's really what I've learned, is that really we have to do this together. And as soon as we start um, falling back on old biases and prejudices and, and, um, and ignorance, that's when, when problems occur. And so that's part of what I try to do is, is try to expand that horizon and, and broaden that horizon and, and get people to think outside that box so that they can grow. Because when you grow yourself, you can grow your business. And when you can grow your business, you provide more prosperity to yourself, to your family, to your employees, and, and we all grow together. And that's how, that's how the world works in my mind. Um, that's, that just sums it up in a, in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, well, and there are very va- valuable nuggets there. I mean, because you're really talking about, you know, a circle or a cycle of um, productivity and an upliftment. You know, if you're helping someone else and they benefit, then in turn you benefit, and then that circle just continues to to flow. Um, and I and I think you're right in that the first premise that you start off with is that everybody's imperfect, and so it's not so much about looking for someone to do the right thing every time. It's really about the accountability piece, the ownership piece, and what happens after we fall, which is getting back up and trying to make uh, amends not only within your own business structure or within your own person, but also with the people that you work with, and then ultimately your community. So if you had a chance to start all over again, what uh-huh. would you do differently, if anything? You know, I think for me, um, I and just talking about my business, um, I wanted to help everybody. I wanted to get out and and be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And it took me far too long to realize that that wasn't humanly possible, and it wasn't economically possible either. That there are that I have I have what my value is and the value that I bring to my customers. And I wish that earlier on I had better understood what that value was and who my ideal customer was. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with clients that really it wasn't a good fit. I said yes to people that really I should have referred on to somebody who could have helped them a little bit better. Um, but, you know, when you start out, you, you want to do it all. It's hard to say no. It's hard to turn away a job. But I, I would have turned away more of the more of the jobs that just weren't a good fit. Do you find that? Um, you know, how, in other words, let, let me let me ask you another question since you brought that up. Sure. How do you think about your business? I mean, are you? I don't know what your structure is. Are you a an LLC or are you a corporation or how are you set up? I'm I'm a sole prop. Okay, so when you think about your business and. Um, your disciplines and what you'd rather be doing versus what clients ask you to do or potential clients ask you to do because they have a poten- they have the tendency sometimes to drive your business model and that's what you're talking about. What do you do um, in your relationship with your other um, disciplines out there? Do you do you form a partnership um, as a, an extension of your firm or do you just refer it out and then you're done with it and, and that other person takes the ball forward? Well, I I. It really depends on what the situation is. If it's, if it's okay. something that I feel that I can add value to, um, mm-hmm. I will subcontract or I will partner with, with somebody else that has a, has those strengths that I do not. Um, <clears throat> but there are times when absolutely I just need to refer it out. For example, um, 
I am I am not a great accountant. I'm not a CPA. I don't do taxes. It's not my strength. I can I can read a profit and loss, and I can help them drill in and figure out um, where some expenses can be cut, um, how we can increase revenues. I can look at their cash flows, and I can I can help them from that managerial accounting aspect. But when it comes down to the tax accounting or how to put together the books or structure the books, that's something that's outside of my wheelhouse. And so I will simply refer that out to somebody who is more skilled in that area and can do that um, and, and be very specific. I, I, don't just, I don't just drop back five and punt um, on a lot of those. I will have some very specific outcomes or some very specific um, results before I send something out because I, oftentimes – the client may not understand what they what they want or what they need to have done. And so I'll have a conversation with the client about it and say, hey, you know what, this is something that really is not something that I do well, but here is somebody that I'd like to talk to, and with their permission, that's when I offer that referral. Um, I've got an opportunity to do some, possibly um, some, um, and my brain just went to sleep, so um, <laughs> some facilitation on a board retreat. Sorry, my I need more caffeine. Let me grab that. Um, but I, I had an opportunity to do some facilitation, and but they also asked for referrals for other people because I was their first point of contact. So I called a couple of people that I knew that I had confidence in and, and referring, and one of them said, well, why don't we partner on this? We have different skill sets, um, and I think we can both bring a lot of value if we partner on it. And I said, that's, that's brilliant. I'd love to do that. And so rather than going at it as friendly competitors, so to speak, and all bidding on the same job, we went in it as a uh, as a partnership of, you know, down the middle 50-50 on this fellowship. So it really depends on the relationship that I have, what the project is, and um, if I can add value or not. And that's a really valuable feedback because this is actually a subset. I mean, we have the, the basic straight talk radio show that could be about pretty much anything. And then we have the Dreamweaver series, which is what you're part of, which is specifically for entrepreneurs and people that are either in their own business right now and they've done like you, they've burned their ships and they've made a go of it. And then there are people that are listening that are working for companies and they're thinking about it. So one of the questions that we got when we were doing our due diligence to prepare for the show with you was, you know, a, a question of structure or a structure, you know, should I, should I be a sole prop? Should I be an LLC? Should I be a corporation? You know, how can I size up on a project with partners and then, and then kind of, uh, you know, we all go our separate ways once that project's over. And then my value prop position is stronger because my clients don't see me as, you know, one guy or gal, you know, sitting in my bedroom on a computer doing work and I can be taken seriously. So those are kind of the questions that we got. And you've really uh, done a re really great job of answering that and, and putting some meat on the bone in terms of when to make those decisions. So let's switch gears here. You've got a new book. I do. And we want you to talk about that. Why don't you tell, first of all, what's the name Yay. of it? The name of the book is Building Your Booming Business. And the subtitle on that is The Five Foundations Every Business Needs to Succeed. And so Okay, so let's start basis, with those five. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, so the the basis is the five foundations. Um and you mentioned it in the intro. Um I actually recently changed it from the five building blocks to the five foundations because the title of the book was already a lot of alliteration with Bs and so building blocks just added to that. So anyway, so now it's the five foundations. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but I noticed that. Originally, 
<laughs> Originally it was uh, the building blocks, but I didn't want to, yeah, yeah, sound like I was stuttering. So uh, the five foundations are basic. It's marketing, leadership and management, operations, finance, and systems and control. So those five foundations are, if you, any aspect of your business can be boiled down to one of those foundations. Now, there's many aspects mm-hmm. that we need to do that bridge those gaps, right? So once you make the sale, then you've got to fulfill the, fulfill the order, right? So that's, there's a gap there between the sale and the operations. Well, that's where that systems and controls comes into play and it acts as the mortar between the other four foundations. And so what I found as I read business books and as I was developing my own processes and systems and, and things for my own business is I always felt like many of the books dropped off. Like they were just, they, I, they took me so far and then they kind of dropped off the edge. And here lately, a lot of business books are very, I'll call them nichified. You know, you pick up a marketing book, and then you pick up a leadership book, and then you pick up an operations book. And I wasn't finding a lot of books that kind of tied them all together. I wasn't finding something that said, hey, let's look at business as a holistic thing instead of this, well, now I need to work on marketing, and now I need to work on operations, and now I need to work on on hiring and and training my people. But really, we're doing all of it all at the same time. And what I encourage people to do is become plate spinners. And when I say plate spinners, I mean <clears throat> that, well, go back to the Chinese plate spinners, right? You never see them start with all 20 plates spinning at the same time. Mm-hmm. They start with one, and then they either delegate it to an assistant to keep it spinning, or they have a mechanism to automate that so that the plate will keep spinning while they get the next one spinning. And they just slowly add them up and keep adding them and keep adding them until they have this astronomical number of plates going on at the same time. And that's what I encourage people to do is to, rather than trying to do all of it all at once, which is what we kind of tend to do, is to be a plate spinner. Focus on one, get it going smoothly, and then you can pick up the next one and the next one and the next one. And then before you know it, you've got 20 marketing functions going on all at the same time. They're either automated or delegated and only need your supervision from time to time. You've got, you know, 50 employees that they know what they're supposed to do. They know what's expected of them, and you just need to check in on them once in a while because you have created the systems and the processes to keep them moving forward on it. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I encourage people to do, and that's what the book is all about. Okay. Well, we've got about a minute or so left here. So why don't you tell us, first of all, where do we get the book? Amazon and your website, correct? Amazon, it will be available January 7th. You can also get it okay. from my website. Right now, if you'd like to download the first chapter, absolutely free. You can go to buildingyourboomingbusiness.com. And it's just a simple one-page website where you put in your name and email address, and I will email you the first chapter of the book for free. And that is the same URL that if you do a backslash on your Facebook page or no? Is that the same as your – so that's your book, but is that also your company URL? No, my, my company URL is Boom My Business. Okay. So boom as an explode, uh, mybusiness.com. And on and Boom My Business, you're going to find a wealth – it does. 
Um, on, on Boom My Business, you're going to find a wealth of information. I've got some video blogs, some tips. Um, I send out a weekly um, email tip on business, everything from marketing to operations, just everything in between. And, um, yeah, go check it out. Please. Sounds great. Read all awesome. my blog posts. Well, David, you know, thank you. Thank you very much for being on the show this afternoon. And um, I want to thank everybody else for tuning in this afternoon as well. Uh, This broadcast is going to become a podcast at the site that you're using right now. Um, You can also find it on Facebook at backslash STR8 Talk Radio. That's Sam Tommy Roger, the number eight, and Talk Radio. And uh, we're also on iTunes, and you can see the icon in the upper left-hand corner of the site that you're on right now. So be sure to follow us here, like us on Facebook, keep in touch and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, If you or anyone you know wants to be a guest or you have topics of interest you want us to explore, just buzz the tower. So this is your host, Donya Keating, signing off at about 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, December 4th. We will see you next week, same bat time, same bat station. Thanks for joining us.